<laughs> recording? Yeah, recording. This is Mom's Basement Podcast, episode 47? Yeah. Yep, yes. Look around the world, pretty baby edition. Look um, around the world, pretty baby. Is it everything you, you hoped thought it would be? be? Oh, you hoped it would be. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, Alex, you've got a question for us? Where we answer the question? Actually, this one's so confusing, I don't think it can be answered. Okay. <laughs> What's the question we can't answer? Um, is what we're going to talk about really appropriate? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, this was Mom's Basement Podcast. <laughs> no, um, today, we are going to be tackling the um, oh-so-difficult subject of identity in gaming or you could say identity politics in gaming or you could say cultural appropriation i don't know where this is going to go it's yes. just that we've been hearing a lot well we haven't been hearing but we've been reading a lot of conversation on this topic and it never quite seems to go away so we figured hey i'm sure that everyone wants to hear <laughs> the opinion of three amateur and amateurish uh, game designers on the subject, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> especially since two of them are white males, and you know, a token black guy. Yep. Yeah. Rudy, so, how, do you, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about being the token black guy? I mean, you feel like we're using you? Do not you particularly. Feel, do you feel co-opted? Yeah, you guys are co-opting my culture and shit. You know, honestly, Rudy, I have co-opted quite a bit of your. Game design ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've kind of co-opted your entire design ethos. Yeah, or something. I don't know. Yep. Mm. As long as you don't co-opt my culture, that's cool. Oh, I also co-opted your culture. In fact, I am the only yeah. one of the two of us who has designed a game about racism. Yeah. Although that's not exactly co-opting your culture per se but it's co-opting your history mm. but my history too it's the excuse me passing is primarily from the perspective of old racist white guys so hey i figured i can write about that yeah <laughs> anyway so i don't even know how to broach this topic but rudy i think you wanted to open with a poem i think you told me you wanted to open with a poem <clears throat> yes. This poem is called Confederate Dead. And I'm going to read it. Confederate Dead, rock this way. Put your long beard on my face. Rub it on my neck. <clears throat> and stay. Primed for burial in the glen. Stonewall Jackson's fighting men. Take off graze and climb on in. Put away that tonic gin. In this hole so tight with me, side by side, a pride to Lee. Which one of you, which one, oh lord, what strapping corpse will bunk with me? Far below the soil sea, worms and grime wash over me. Catching night crawlers at dusk, a negro man who smells of musk. Shovels dirt with grunt and gust. With soiled pants and oiled chest, giving planter's son his rest, come in here for threesome best. Rolling round in pants, no dress, say priest Latin 
chance in jest. Mother Mary clutches breast. Rolling round, got dick inside. Tear off pants, tan gangrene hide. And down in Dale of ringing bells, where Lincoln his snake oil sells. I can hear them. Ken Burns yells. Yeah, they'll scratch, but near to hell. No, you've got to snap your fingers. I, I, I actually can't snap my fingers. <laughs> I can't. I. Okay. Me... Yeah. Someone, someone succeeded. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> that was moving. Wasn't it? Do you want to talk about it? Um, not really. It's just a stupid little poem slash song that I came up with. Because I was thinking, like, what's cool? Like, Civil War burials and threesomes are cool. So let's put those together and bam. A poem about Confederate necrophilia. Yep. Now, I, I've, I've always wondered. I assume that the narrator in that poem is, is a Confederate also. But I wasn't sure if it was, like, Yankee soldiers raping the Confederate dead or if it was... Another Confederate soldier performing necrophilic acts with the Confederate dead. I always figured it was some, like, southern woman doing the necrophilia. Oh, see, I didn't even think that the narrator could might be female. Oh, so the got dick inside line isn't, I have my dick inside the body. It's, I have the body's dick inside me. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Huh. All right. It's <laughs> very, very fresh corpse, I guess. Yep. Because, you know. Or it could have angel lust. That's true. That happens sometimes when people die and, like, they get erections. So, it's. So, yeah. Rudy, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for making it clear to our audience how sensitively we're going to handle this subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is totally, like, kid gloves on. Yeah. So really, you know, go step by step here. We can't, you know, it, it takes a village to make this right. Yes. To at least talk about it appropriately. It does. It's true. It really it, does take a village. It takes a multicultural village. Yeah. Or sometimes a not so multicultural village. <laughs> sometimes the village is mostly like angry white dudes. Like, yeah. I'm angry for other people, yeah. All right, so, okay, let's actually just start from step one here instead of just dancing around this whole thing. Where did this begin? Where did this, you know, like, what was what was the big hoopla of why this occurred? Because it should, it should not really be a problem. I don't know. I mean, this is an impossible subject to talk about, I guess, but that doesn't stop people from trying to talk about it. All right. And I mean, I think what makes it an impossible subject to talk about is the mix of objectivity and subjectivity that agrees that that, that exists here. Mm. Because, and I don't think you can really have this conversation without talking about objectivity. Although almost everyone seems to want to have this conversation without talking about objectivity. Everyone wants to jump immediately into the realm of the psychological, immediately into the abstract, immediately into the realm of personal feeling. But, but let's be honest here. You, the best way 
to, <clears throat> I think, the, the best, clearest way to say that racism, in fact, does exist is to look at the statistics, to look at the reality of the situation, to look at black infant mortality rates, to look at the rate of black men, especially poor black men who were imprisoned and poor Hispanic men who were imprisoned compared to poor, uh, compared to, excuse me, to, to the average, you know, white man or white woman, to look at, you, you know, to look at poverty statistics, period. What percentage of the black, Hispanic, Native American population is living in poverty compared to the white American population. And I think if you look at that, not only does it say, oh, you know, there's a real problem here, there's a real systemic problem here, but you, you also say this problem is concrete. And when you say this problem is concrete, you, you also say, okay, well then let's take some concrete real steps to fix this concrete real problem. And I think that's the way, that's the best way in my mind to begin to address racism and, and not just racism, to, to begin to address issues of, of identity, you know, because issues of poverty and access to health care is a very real issue for the GLBT community also, although it's not, it doesn't get the same kind of press. And it's an inequality in pay is a real problem for women as compared to men and on and on and on. There are all these real substantial numerical quantitative problems. And yet it seems like whenever we want to have this conversation, well, not we, but whenever the community, especially the indie RPG community starts to have this conversation, it immediately enters the realm of the abstract, the psychological, the personal. It enters the realm of personal feeling and personal perception, which, I mean, I think in some ways both makes the problem smaller and more difficult to solve and less persuasive. So that's what I think. I, I mean, because before we jumped into talking about how people, talking about how people talk about this thing, I think it is worth talking about the fact that there are real problems here and that whatever we say later isn't meant to undermine the real existence of those real tangible problems. It's just an expression of frustration over the way people are talking about the subject matter and not maybe really wanting to address and perhaps not really wanting to do anything about those real tangible problems. I mean, issues like like hunger and poverty, food security, uh, you know, um, the legal system, all these things. But anyway, I've said what I needed to say there. Right. Those things don't get talked about nearly enough. Well, altogether, what cult, you know, all all this nonsense is, these are virtual problems. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that it's kind of pointless, and a lot of the times it's used to just segregate people for no reason. And that's the thing, though. Why spend so much time talking about first world problems when there are so many third world problems in the first world? <laughs> yeah, see that. And, and, and when you do that, even if – when you do that, it sounds self-righteous. I'm going to be frank. I'm going to be honest here. When you talk about problems – of identity 
in the same way that you would talk about personal slights on Facebook. You know, if you talk about issues, if you blog about it in the same way that you would blog about, you know, I, I don't know, about Mitt Romney's hair or whatever, <laughs> you know, and, and you don't, when you, you link it to superficial details and upset feelings when there are people who are fucking starving to death and starving to death in part because they are black or in other parts of the world starving to death because they are a woman or being put to death because they are a woman or a member of a different ethnic group or a member of a different religious group. When you do, when you, when instead of wanting to talk about that, you want to talk about the sexual expression of a comic book character and you want to tie it to those issues. You want to link it to those issues and talk about it as if it's as important. You're, say, you're saying something about class and you're saying something about economics and you're saying something about you're turning an issue that is fundamentally, I think, an issue of class and economics and of tangible oppression into an issue of personal of personal hangups and personal anxiety and personal neuroses and personal fear and personal self-gratification, frankly. And I think that does a lot to alienate people from, from and prevent people from addressing those very real problems. So I, anyway. <laughs> Rudy, how do you feel about it? Because uh, I have something to say about that. Okay, well, I think the main reason why people bring it up in the RPG community bring up the you know like the sexualization of cartoon characters that kind of stuff is it's that that kind of stuff is like kind of a point of entry for you know for talking about it within those types of communities right and people want to talk about this shit but they want to talk about it and i think kind of the wrong places (laughs) because we're a forum you know about rpgs and RPG culture should really never, uh, never devolve into, you know, like basically race this and race that. Um, it, you know, it just kind of sucks the energy out of the forum. Mm. Like, and that's, that's, um, it's a, it's a real shame basically when it happens. Yeah. But I mean, I, and they would argue and maybe not, you know, totally wrongly that these issues are a fundamental the issues of representation are fundamentally a part of any kind of any form of creative expression. You know, yeah. if you're creating things, issues of representation are going to come up and that there's a good reason to address those things. And where else would you do it? Yeah, but well, how, how does calling someone out as being a racist, you know, actually help any of those issues? Though? Well, because that's... that's all that it devolves into is basically you're a racist and uh, this is why. So what are you saying, Alex? Oh, well, I was getting at it that it's not helpful at all. It's not important at all because there's there's so many design is just different points of view on how you want to have fun, and yeah. because of that, it's the agenda is that um, is that person's personal agenda. At best, all you can do is just tell them, "Hey, you're wrong on how you think." Yeah to bring up the subject and to have people debate over it, especially people who are not going to do anything about it, is pointless. Mm-hmm. That's the number one yeah. thing. It doesn't matter what the discussion is. 
the bottom line is nobody's going to do shit. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why it is pointless to talk about such things online. I mean, yeah, you can have your own thoughts about it. You can maybe like try to say, hey, what do you guys feel about this? This is what I feel about it. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Do you disagree? And why? That's that's a whole other subject. But to try and impose your own ideals into the rest of the world because you feel it's somewhat important is ridiculous. Right. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. Yeah, I would... I guess I want to get deeper into this yeah. now. Let's go deeper. You know, the thing is, so you're actually going to have to identify what the issue is because I don't see the issue. The issue is people give a shit about things that they shouldn't give a shit about. Like, you know, that comic book thing. Let's go with the Starfire thing. Starfire right. has always been a girl about sex appeal. All the women in comic books have been mainly about sex appeal. That's why they all have good complexions and they have pretty decent bodies. Otherwise, they would have more realistic versions of them, just like they would have more realistic versions of men. The bottom line is, she was meant as, as a sex object, and people are offended about her being more sexual than she normally was. What's the big deal? Well, and that's the question, though. Is that okay? I mean, is you said there's nothing wrong with that. Is there nothing wrong with that? Is there nothing wrong with the fact that female characters in comics tend to be and not exclusively, you know, but tend to be presented primarily as sexual objects. I mean, is that not an issue? Is it not an issue, you know, that that the same thing happens to people of color in comics, that they often get um, reduced to a stereotype? Although, once again, not exclusively. Mm-hmm. But are you saying that isn't a problem? or It is not a problem based on how people receive it. Because, like I said before, it's just a message. That's all it is. And you can choose to accept it or deny any message in the world. So you're saying that the uh, impetus here is on the listener, then, to make their decision, whether they're going to accept this or reject this. Yeah, because you can choose to be like you know the Quakers and enforce their doctrine on other people to restrict everything. Or you can be more like... Um, are you thinking of the Amish, maybe, rather than the Quakers? The Quakers, in my understanding, are pretty permissive dudes in terms of what they allow other people to do. <laughs> are, are there even any Quakers, like, left? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a Quaker congregation, actually, that meets at the uh, chapel in Potsdam. Oh, okay. It's probably pretty small. Uh, Quakers are interesting because there's a couple of different branches, and... Anyway, I'm not going to talk about the Quakers, but <laughs> I was giving a I was giving a group of people that some people consider cult like, uh, not that they are bad or good. Right. I'm sorry, Alex. Anyways, what I was saying is they, you know, if somebody when somebody imposes their own set of rules, it's up to the people around them to be in charge of saying whether or not that's a good or a bad, and allowing it and denying it. It has nothing, you know, no one should be in charge of saying that this is the standard. It should just be open ideals. It just doesn't happen that way. Right. And I agree with you there. I think a lot of people would say that what they're doing, though, is they are reading this material, they're getting upset about it, and then they're rejecting it, and then they're telling you why they reject it. Um, I'm not sure... a lot. And this is this is what where it gets tricky because sometimes it seems like 
when these issues are brought up, people are saying two things simultaneously, or trying to keep two different um, perspectives, or I, I don't know what you how you would say it, but two different ideas out there simultaneously. One idea that this is a totally open discourse, and I am just saying what bothers me about this, and I have a right to do that, and I would totally agree with that. And then the other idea that always seems to be lurking there over under the surface, though, is the idea that we need to stop people from communicating this way mm. anymore. Mm -hmm. We need to yeah. make... And that's where they lose me. You know, if you want to say, I think Starfire is sexist, and I'm sorry for using this example, but it came up on Google Plus <laughs> yesterday, and I, it's just the first one that popped into my head. But if you want to say, I think Starfire is sexist, or if you want to say, I think... Um, this game you made in Game Chef is racist. I would say, yeah, say that. You know, I would say, say that, say that in great detail. But once you start talking about what's to be done about this, I don't think there's a good answer. I don't think there's an answer that doesn't involve telling people shut up. And right. I, and that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty amoral human being. I am, in a lot of ways, pretty much a nihilist. I'll be honest here. But if there is one thing that really gets that sense of out, moral outrage going in me, it's what, when I see people telling other people to shut up. You know, whether, whether they're saying, especially if they say it in a condescending way. But when that's the perceived message there, you need to stop talking about this this way. You know? And, and I feel like that really does invalidate people's personal experience. There's a lot of talk about invalidating people's personal experience. I think that whenever the subtext of what you're saying is shut up or don't talk that way, don't say that like that, then I think that's exactly what you're doing. And I don't think it's any less relevant because the person who's saying it doesn't agree with your personal dogma or doesn't support, you know, your political agenda. I think that's just fucking wrong no matter who does it when, you know? Right. I agree with that, but I think it's unfortunate. You know, I, I'm i not going to tell anybody, you know, you can't say that's sexist or that's racist or whatever. I mean, that's personal opinion. I mean, right. who gives a fuck what people say about whatever? But uh, it's just unfortunate when it spills over into the design community and kind of, uh, kind of shuts down parts of the design community and shuts down designers, basically, who in many times have good intentions. Yeah, then that's the tragedy. And, uh, you know, it shuts, you know, you have somebody come and say you're a racist or you're a, you're a bigot or you're sexist or whatever, and uh, that, that basically shuts the conversation down. You yeah. can't have a conversation after that, and that's the problem. Right. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with them, with people saying it, because I don't really give a fuck what anybody, I'm, I'll keep making the same games that I make and, you know, whatever. But um, I have a problem when it becomes the focal point of discussion and it becomes almost like a almost like a form of activism, I guess I want to say. I yeah. mean, it's seen as kind of the one way that, that designers and RPG people can kind of have a, maybe have a say in the, the greater, the larger world, maybe. And it's seen... A lot of times, you know, a lot of people make games 
for social reasons, you know, yeah. based around social whatever. And that's fine. Yeah. I, I certainly mean, can't object to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fine. But I think when the discourse becomes basically we're only going to make games like this. Yes. They're about this type of uh, social message. And anything else is wrong and anything else is basically not worth looking at. Right. Then, then you have a problem. Right. Yeah, and you have a problem for at least two reasons, I think. First of all, I mean, there's the implied reason there, which is that it, it, it you know, it, people are locked out of the community, right? Certain yeah. types of games don't get made or they don't get publicized or they don't get, people aren't receptive to them at all because it's perceived that some of their content is problematic. Right. You know? See, and I don't like that word, problematic. I, I hate what's become of that word. But the second thing is the end result is I, I hate to say it, but it's bad games. It's at least yeah. if you're going to talk if you're going to talk about games as either if, if, excuse me, if you're going to talk about RPGs as either the RP or the G, if you're going to talk about it as either art or game, in both right. cases having it represent having it having a RPG that puts forth one single monolithic political idea and doesn't trouble it, doesn't question it, doesn't poke ho holes in its own idea, is definitely bad art. It's terrible art because art is all about ambiguity and art is all about showing a multitude of perspectives. It's even bad satire because satire should make the satirist uncomfortable. Mm. It should. You, if you don't, if you feel like you're writing a satire and it's just reaffirming everything you believe, then you're not writing a satire. You should be feeling like, wow, I don't know if I can say this. I don't know if I can do this, because it should be undermining something larger about the collective common sense, right? It shouldn't just be bad satire. Is I'm making fun of my enemies, right? I know who my enemies are. I'm going to make fun of them with this game or with this book or whatever. Good satire really undermines everything. It undermines how you think about things or, or, or troubles it anyway. But anyway, it, it's bad art for all of those reasons. And it's bad game design because it takes the focus, because the foundation of the word game is social competition. Right. And it puts social conformity over social competition. It puts, it puts one monolithic way of viewing the game over top of, of a diversity of perspectives about the game, which is what you really need to have in order for your game to function well, especially as an RPG, you know. But you need to have that sense almost that you as a player can wound not just other people at the table, but can wound the game itself in some way. I don't know if I'm <laughs> communicating it right, but I think Rudy gets what I'm trying to say here. The idea that there should be some tension almost between the player and the game and between the players and the other and each other. And right. if safety and security is your single objective, then you don't do that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 it, it doesn't work for me anyway. <laughs> Alex, I I do find it interesting how you want to label the the, the game like what a game should do, <laughs> when 
rule number one of any game is have fun first. Yeah, that's true. But for some reason, there has to be a message for some odd reason. Right. I I wasn't saying that there has to be a... I mean, no, I'm not saying a message. I'm saying if you want it to be art, there has to be ideas. But there should never, ever be a message. Meaning a single big method message. But anyway, sorry. No, I think that reflects more about um, the problem with any of these type of conversations is that there should never be an idea that should try and encourage a message. Mm. Because you're saying it's just an idea. Well, no, it's more than that. You're trying to encourage a message, but in between that, there is a idea. Well, no, I think my idea is that no game should promote a single perspective should promote a single ideological position but every game yeah. you've ever made does that no it doesn't they don't <laughs> they they well the games i make um want you to reflect okay first they want to make you uncomfortable about what you think you know about a subject and then they make you want it and then i want you to think about that afterwards why was i uncomfortable but i don't want you to think about that and then draw some preset conclusion that I had in mind. I don't know what passing says about racism. What passing says about racism will depend on how you play the game and how uncomfortable it makes you or how uncomfortable it doesn't make you. And the the same thing is true of welfare queens, I think. And dance macabre is just like, think about death. How do you feel about it? (laughs) Well, see, I actually disagree that games shouldn't promote a message. Mm. Um, I think that if you want to promote a message, that's fine and dandy. Right. If you want to do black and white morality and that kind of stuff, that's great. As long as it's a game and as long as it's fun. Yeah. I mean, that's if the Ku Klux Klan were to put out a game today <laughs> that was like, you know, let's round up and kill black people and et cetera, et cetera. I would play that game if it were fun. I mean, I know a lot of people would be uncomfortable playing a game like that. <laughs> But the the problem I see is that a lot of people associate games mm-hmm. or playing games, the act of playing a game, with indulging or yes. condoning the material or the ideas. Yes. When no other medium actually is like that. And movies aren't like that. You can watch a movie and be like, oh, well, that was offensive or that was whatever. But games, it seems like there is a real emphasis on... You know, staying, keeping your hands clean when you yeah. when you play the shit, and that's that's really it makes for boring games. It does, it does. No, that's a really good point. It's a fantastic point, actually. And it's so strange because you would never watch American History X and leave the theater saying, "Oh my God, I had no idea Ed Norton was such a belligerent neo-Nazi." <laughs> you know, you wouldn't. You would say, "Wow, that movie." fucking scared me or wow that movie unnerved me and wow didn't ed norton wasn't ed norton amazing as a belligerent neo-nazi but you would you would have to be some very peculiar kind of naive to believe that you just saw ed norton expressing his neo-nazi beliefs and yet if you created american history x the rpg there would be a lot of players who felt like play, that playing Ed Norton's character, right. acting basically just like Ed Norton does, would be 
condoning racism or would be propping up racism. Right. Unless he got some kind of um, comeuppance at the end, which is another thing that bothers me about this. The idea that, well, if you're going to make a game like that, it has to end in ways that reminds everyone playing that racism is bad and here's why, and the bad, evil racists get what's coming to them. And yeah. you'd never make a movie like that. I mean, you you could, but it'd be a shitty movie. Yeah. Where you, especially if it was about racism, because they've already made all of those movies. You know, they've already made yeah. the racism is bad, and here's why. Don't you want? And and everyone has seen them, and pretty much everyone at your table is either going to understand why racism is bad. Or understand, even if they themselves are secret, covert racists, they're going to understand <laughs> why people think racism is bad. Right. So if you made a movie that functioned like the games I was describing today, you know, where it's clearly explained everything that's evil about racism, and at the end, the big, bad, evil racist guy gets his comeuppance, you would say that's ham-fisted, that's dumb. You know, I don't need to be spoon-fed that. But yet the expectation is that games, well, not everyone, this, this is kind of a straw man, but I've heard this, it's not a complete straw man because I've been told this, and I was told this by, by uh, Thomas Lawrence when he was talking about passing, you know, the idea that the evil racist white dudes might get away with being evil racist white dudes in the end somehow means that the players will look at that and this dog is distracting me but it, it, like the players will look at that and say oh my god like an evil white man didn't get his comeuppance in this game i i question everything i said before about you know i question everything i saw thought i knew about the evils of racism or whatever this idea that the fact that you can't depend on the subtext of the game or the conditions of play or the kind of thing the kind of bad behavior that people indulge in in play is not enough to carry the message that they are kind of bad people that you need that the game itself has to um has to basically break out the club and say no that's a bad character now let me watch him get squashed you know <laughs> it is it's totally antagonistic to everything that makes a movie interesting a book interesting I mean, imagine Lolita if every three pages uh, <laughs> Nabokov had to say, remember, pedophilia is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you, you know that Umber Umber is fucked up. And he never says it. I mean, I guess you could read the whole book and think this is a totally sane individual. But uh, there are all these little niggling things that undermine what he's saying. And that's what's so cool about the book, you know, and that's what's so cool about good game design is it shouldn't have to end with a moral message. The moral right. message shouldn't even have to be printed in the manual anywhere. The act of play should un uncover those kind of moral questions, should, should dig that shit up and the players should see it. And more importantly, they should feel it at the end of the game. Right. And you should have some faith in them, some faith in their ability to do that. Yeah. And I mean, I guess a lot of people are kind of concerned that, like, games will be used the wrong way or something, you know, used by people that have beliefs counter to theirs. That's true. But that's kind of stupid because, I mean, even if they do do that, 
so what? Right. <laughs> I mean, that that's not like... I mean, if you have a game that can be used, you know... Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, like, well, I can't make a game that could be used to promote racism. But almost anything can be used to promote whatever. So it doesn't really... I mean, that just doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, and let's not forget that they use a, the uh, Flight of the Valkyries scene from Apocalypse Now to get troops revved up before going to battle. Yeah. Probably one of the most virulently, virulently anti-war sequences in film is yeah. used as a training video, you know, in some ways. Oh, yeah. is used to get people in a state of mind so that they can kill. And yeah. so, and that's going to happen. Yeah, no. Is that Francis Ford Coppola's moral responsibility? Should he not have made the game because it can be used out? <laughs> oh, the movie, I'm sorry. Should he not have made the movie? Oh. <laughs> Alex, you got something to say? Uh, I really don't because this thing is so... <sighs> I've... I, I, I understand these are some first world problems here because I have never experienced any of the type of like moral like stuff going on in any of my games that I've ever played, including like commercial games and, you know, the indie games. What do you mean by moral stuff? Like the whole uh, uh, game shouldn't uh, try to impose a message on to you kind of things. Mm. I've never had that happen to me. You've never had a game try to oppose, impose a moral message or you've never had that discussion come up? I've or? never had a game do that to me. I've had I've had shitty storylines do that to me, but I've never had an actual game do that to me. Mm. And I think the problem with any of these kind of conversations is the blending of the two ideas of the, the plot and the game itself imposing the message and people confusing the two. Mm. Now, in some story games, though, those two things are inextricable in some ways. Give me examples, because I actually want examples from from a lot of a lot of the things you were saying. Oh, I don't know. A game where the uh, where at least the subject matter of the plot and the and the uh, mechanics of the game are. Oh, I don't know. Um, since we're talking about racism, um, oh, what the hell? Uh, Steal away, Jordan. But really, that's just. I mean, pretty much every. Well, not every. Uh, Rudy, I mean. Oh, like. Polaris would be an example. Polaris, well, no, yep. Give actual examples, not just the name of the game. Actual right. examples. Well, like in Polaris, you, um, from what I understand, it's basically about this civilization that's kind of that's made some mistake and they're getting ready to to pay for it pretty big time, and the mechanics reinforce that. Mm. And uh, you know, at the end, your characters, I think, die. So I'm, I mean, that's what I think. That's what. Hank's talking about as far as uh, you know games that uh, where the message is intertwined with, or well not the message but the you know the moral the, um, content the moral content yeah or whatever is intertwined with uh, yeah and I actually don't think Steal Away Jordan is an example is a bad example of that and I don't think Polaris is necessarily a bad example of that oh yeah um, no no they're not bad I mean that's they're just examples. Of it. Right, just examples of play where the moral content is inextricable. And I mean, in some ways, in the game redesign, the moral content is inextricable from the game design. And the moral content 
and the you know story content and the mechanical content is all closely intertwined it's just that the moral content doesn't force you to draw a certain moral conclusion yeah exactly and those are that's the best way to do it i mean right. as in my eyes that's right basically the only way to do it or else you're not really making you're not really making much alex i think i can't see him but i think he's still shaking his head <laughs> probably i'm mainly confused because i don't really hear the message of what you're trying like the problems that i'm hearing right now mm-hmm. at least the, what i'm gathering is that i'm hearing some vague discussion about it without a lot of anchoring on like pinpoint examples of what you feel is right, what you feel is wrong about that's about the subjects. And like you even started the subject talking about three different things instead of just focusing on one at a time. Well, I, I guess, I, I guess mean, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. Right. Like, I mean, exact examples, but I mean, basically if you could sum up like a message or whatever that I want you to take away from this, you know, as far as what I think, right. Basically don't tell me not to make offensive shit or don't tell me to shut up. Don't tell me to, you know, don't tell me how to design my fucking games, you know? I mean, that, that's basically it. And don't tell anybody how to do that because it doesn't make sense. And it just stifles the community. Right. Yeah, I would agree. I would say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say two things here. Okay. First of all, if a game is in the process of being designed, ask the designer, what are you trying to accomplish? And then after he or she says, well, this is what I'm trying to do. Then you say, oh, okay. You, this maybe is how you could do that better. Right. Uh, if the game has been released, and is popular or whatever, then, you know, say whatever you want about it. Yeah. Uh, but don't say it shouldn't have ever been made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Say, I don't like that. That's shit. And say that up and down. I mean, once a game is out there, you, your duty as a consumer advocate to make sure <laughs> that people know that you don't like a fucking game and that it's shit. Or yeah. that you love a game and why. And, and do that. Yeah. But don't don't try to stop the designer from making it. Mm. No matter how objectionable or terrible you think it is, don't yeah. try to stop it from existing. No, that, I mean, that's absolutely right. And that just gets back to the objectivity thing, because basically anything that's designed, you know, that's anything is going to be good for our medium. Right. I mean, when, when people design shit, it's good for our medium. Right. I mean... If the Ku Klux Klan, bring them up again, mm-hmm. decided to make a game about, you know, lynching niggers, I'd say, well, um, you know, I'd look at their rules and uh, <laughs> I'd say, well, you know, I understand you designed this game to basically encourage people to lynch black folk. I think your black folk lynching rules could do this better and this <laughs> and this and this. And just uh, because... Really, who's, I mean, who's really to stop anyone from doing anything? I mean, right. especially in this medium where it's like kind of, it's sort of, I mean, there, a lot of people kind of want to have this punk aesthetic mm. to it, but they don't really want to be punk, you know? Right. I mean, 
right. they don't really want to do what punks do. I mean that, which is I mean, offend people. Which is offend people, right? And I mean, if you're offended, but to be able to shut off that being offended long enough to help get a designer through their design and at least yes. kick the design out the door, that's good for everybody. That's good right. for this meeting. Right. And, I mean, period. That's right. That's it. I mean. Yep. Every finished design, every design that is published and put out there in any forum is good for the medium. Right. And let's take your Ku Klux Klan game, right? Yeah. So let's say that gets out there, and let's say some people read it and get offended, and now it's on the nightly news. Yeah. And you say, oh my god, there's a negative portrayal of our hobby on the nightly news. Yeah. But... Some people are going to say, well, what's a role-playing game? And they're going right. to go on Google, and then they're going to be like, oh, that's a role-playing game. Exactly. And if they have any um, – uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, not judgment, but um, uh, it's a very simple term. Uh, something thinking. If, they, if, if they're capable of, of thinking seriously about a topic – they're going to see that, and then they're going to read a little bit more. They're going to read the Wikipedia page on RPGs and say, oh, this is a whole lot more than a Ku Klux Klan scheme to advocate the right. lynching of African Americans. And they're like, oh, hey, here's a list of games. Oh, my God, look at this. this apocalypse world looks really cool, you know? <laughs> and then, God forbid, we end up with another apocalypse world hack. But even that's yep. good for the community. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, just that example of it being on the nightly news, I mean, it'd be great to have an indie design on the nightly news, yeah. period. Yeah. I mean, even if it's by, you know, some Ku Klux Klan redneck, I mean, it's right. still, you know, it's still publicity. Right, and yeah. more likely, though, the game that's going to be on the nightly news is a game that is offensive in just the right way. Because right. one, the Ku Klux Klan game never makes it there, right? Because who right. the fuck cares? I mean, really, <laughs> who the fuck pays attention and who the fuck cares? There's like six of them left. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, on, on top of that, though, it doesn't... People by now have kind of gotten a, uh, accustomed to the fact that Stormfront exists and that there's this underground right. like community of racists. And unless we're really hard up for news, we don't really give a shit what they say. Because they're considered the fringe, you know? And they've right. been moved into the fringe along with 9-11 truthers and, 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 you know, other conspiracy theorists and other people like that. But the game that is going to get people is the game that deals with some subject that's right there in the news right now and deals with it in an ambiguous way. Because that ambiguity right. is what's going to upset people. Right. And then when that happens, when that game is on the nightly news, and when people are upset because of that, people, a lot of people are going to look at the game and draw the conclusion that, no, this is good, and this is ambiguous, ambiguous, and this is interesting. And then we tap into a whole community of people who thought that RPGs were just slaying arcs in a castle. You know? Right. But... If that game doesn't get made because someone says, I don't think, you know, because someone says, boy, this game could be interpreted as being racist, or this game could be interpreted as being sexist, or this right. game could be interpreted as being a promotion of some kind of right-wing ideology, or of fascism, or of, of whatever, right. then 
the and the game doesn't get made because it's too ambiguous, then that's a tragedy. Right. So Alex, did we narrow it down a little bit more? Closer. So what do you want to talk about, Alex? You must want to talk about something on this topic. Yeah, because um, if we just go off that example of the 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 triple K uh, game. <laughs> The thing is, those that's a game that ties a message with a game. And those are things that I usually despise. Um, okay. Because usually, in reality, the game itself does not intertwine with the story that they're trying to tell, the message they're trying to tell. Mm. For example, yeah. that game about lynching black people, that's about capturing something. That's about you know going out and you know having something get its dues um, yeah. in your eyes. Um, you right. can use that for any other method. You can go use that to capture ghosts because they're the alien. Right. They're the bad guys. You can use that to capture vampires. You know, you've made a vampire game, Will. You know, blah, blah, blah. I made a vampire <laughs> game that that uh, could serve both of those purposes, but, really. But the point is, it doesn't actually have to have a message. And if you right. try to enforce the message, it just makes the game look bad because the actual rules themselves could be universal. Right. Mm. That's my problem with any of these type of message games is that a large percentage of them either have shit rules and a compelling story or right. like, uh, you know, like a story that they're trying to say but is muddled between all the, co- the text and um, decent rules. And um, yeah, or or just bad rules in general. I just want when when any kind of conversation comes up about these kind of things, I want the discussion of the rules first. And right. if you have your own thought on it, that's your hack of the game. It's not your game. Even if you're designing right. it, it's not your game because you're trying to share it to other people. If you're trying to make a game for yourself for your friends, don't publish it. If you're trying to make it for other people, make it um, vague enough to where. It's not the game itself. The rules is not about lynching black people. It's about taking mm. things. Right. Because I, I, I don't care for controversy. In fact, most of the time, controversy gets in the way of the actual concept. Mm. And that's the thing that I dislike about any of these subjects is because I don't give a fuck about um, the rights and wrongs of, you know, what, like, of um, let's see here, about, like, uh, let's just go with... The, the topic of the night, you know, of, of, of black people, of, uh, I don't care about their plights. They're human beings just like the rest of us, okay? And if some people believe white is right, then that's great for them because they have their own power drive of, of their, you know, of, of how the world works. They have, they have a reason that they want to live because they want the white to matter. But the, the thing that, that matters the most is that they're allowed to exist at the same time and that um, both of them, both of their, uh, both of those messages are not encouraged to the point where one's better than the other. Yeah. Because when you make that example, when you made that example about them being on the news or something like that, about a game like that of controversy, the bottom line is that game's going to be shut down because other people deny it, which is, goes in the exact, um, you know, face of what you were talking about of, just letting it happen. It doesn't happen that way. It's never going to happen that way. What do you mean? I mean, I'm not sure what you're what you're saying. You're saying that the that the hypothetical controversial game would 
be prevented from existing because it was controversial? No, it'll or... be prevented from anyone else hearing it. Oh no, that I, I mean that's the more the one marvelous thing about American democracy is <laughs> is <laughs> that pretty much it's pretty much impossible to really shut someone up, and that controversy almost always draw uh, serves to draw attention to the controversial subject without destroying it because because free speech is so carefully protected in this country you know to the point that i can go out on my yard right i could i could go out in my yard right now take an american flag urinate on it pour gasoline on it light it on fire in my front yard I could scoop the ashes up and put them in a jar and leave it in front of a police station and I would be arrested for littering, but nothing else. Well, <laughs> no, that that's kind of different than the community reacting to you. No, but what I'm saying is that there's no one who can shut this thing down once it's out there, right? That, that people get offended by it and they get, this shouldn't exist. But oh. other people see it and get intrigued and flock to it. And the thing is that even if the people who are offend, terribly offended by it outnumber the people who are intrigued 100 to 1, there is nothing that the people who are offended can do to make it cease to exist. Yeah. They have no legal recourse. Unless it's one of the, the few things that the few forms of speech that really are illegal, like, you know, sharing government secrets or breaking a non-disclosure agreement or posting child pornography or something. Yeah. So when are we going to unplug the microphone? <laughs> I don't know. Are we done with this conversation? Um, yeah, essentially. I, think I said my piece. I feel like Alex didn't really get to say his piece, though. Well, yeah, that's just because I don't really think I can engage the conversation with what I wanted to say. What did you want to say? Oh, it was mainly um, that I just I don't care for it and get your opinions out of my games. Your opinions out of my game. So, so what... Um, Alex, can you give an example then, well, two examples. One of a game that does this right, that gets the opinions out of the game in the right way, and one that does it wrong, one that, like, really, sh you know, shoves the opinions down your throat along with the game? Let's see. A game that does it right would pretty much be any game I play where I just take out the things that are offensive. Because everything is subjective, based on what you yeah. think. I can choose to ignore things that are there just to basically troll via book form. Right. <laughs> and um, and still have the actual game work. And then the wrong ones... Hmm. I would say if you were serious-facing um, World of Darkness. Yes. Yep. <laughs> World of Darkness does it so wrong. <laughs> Let's beat it on World of Darkness. 
You know, I've noticed a trend in Mom's Basement podcast. Whenever we need to say that a game is bad and we're afraid to name an indie game, we talk about World of Darkness. Well, no, I just don't know any games that are actually good from the indie community right. that's offensive. Oh, okay. Um, like, World of Darkness is actually good. The setting, I mean, the, the, the mechanics is actually decent for what it does. Mm. But they try to impose a message. And that's what I hate is when you go serious face on it and they because the idea is that of, you know, vampires, immortality, you know, you know, right and wrong, blah, blah, blah. How do you deal with the emotions and um, all that shit? And right. when anytime someone serious face that it's really stupid and it gets in the way of the actual game, which is superheroes who happen to be have a weakness for the sunlight. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that the. Um, although I'm not sure I agree with your premise, I agree that uh, <laughs> World of Darkness does it all kinds of wrong when it comes to including like setting or like um, I don't even know what the word would be. Rudy, what is the word I'm looking for? Atmosphere, maybe. Of course, I've yeah. said that before. But when it when it comes to everything in the game that's supposed to reinforce how you feel when you play the game. It drops the ball and the ball goes under the refrigerator and the refrigerator and when you go down to pick up the ball, the refrigerator falls on you and crushes you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that actually gets to the to the thing that I, that I really want to say is I don't want a game to have me feel something. I want to feel what I feel and have fun in the process because all these all these problems all these controversies is when people take the game out of the game yeah mm, right. and there just shouldn't be a message in your games oh sorry there should be one message are you having fun and have fun yeah and if that's not if that's not your number one message then mm. you should not right games i agree with you actually i absolutely agree it doesn't mean that i'm going to you know you know cut off your hands and prevent you from typing the words right it just means that i'm going to shut you off from my personal uh you know social group right and i agree with you 100 percent actually that creating games that are fun to play is is everything it's one it's you know goal number one I guess all I would say, though, is that sometimes the things that are fun to play, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of possible different things that are fun to play. I find games that put you on edge and make you uncomfortable and make you a little worried, a little anxious, really fun to play. You know, I find that, and I find that games that deal with potentially offensive subject matter being able to play through really terrible offensive things at your supper table i think is fun to play in much the same way as grand theft auto is fun to play but with an added wrinkle of like um of that of i guess of moral ambiguity because grand theft auto isn't really about moral ambiguity it's about doing terrible things and feeling good about it you know, and and no one can say anything because I, you know, they're 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 imaginary 
people. I think that doing terrible things in a game and not knowing and feel and having that Grand Theft Auto thrill at the same moment when you're saying this is wrong, this is kind of bad, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. There's something really fun about that. Mm. And then sitting back afterwards and saying, "Oh, hey, what was that all about?" Like you, you figure, you find out things about yourself, and I don't mean that in an, in the enlightenment way. I mean that you honestly. I don't mean that like, oh, I was enriched by the experience. I mean that you honestly sit back after the game and say, "Whoa, what the fuck did I just do?" You know, <laughs> like like waking up in the morning after a really serious hardcore bender and being like, "Damn, <laughs> what happened last night?" You know. <laughs> And then you go drinking again. And why do you go drinking again? Because you want to have that experience again. And RPGs let you do that without the hangover. And without really, truly hurting anyone. You know, and without child support. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's fun. Yeah. Mm. Although we might be a little biased since we do run Misery Tourism. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe a little bit. Well, that 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 I think that really brings up another topic that could be discussed another time. Um people who play games in theater fags. <laughs> Man, what are you saying about me, brah? I'm not saying anything. So without further ado, let's make oh, the countdown. Here comes the mic up, oh, is the mic coming out? <laughs> well out. we're pretty much over an hour and yeah, uh, I think I'm, we... I'm going to have to cut out a lot of stuff just so we can get to the actual points in the discussion. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't trim the content too much, though. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll trim like a fiend. This will be like less than five minutes. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I mean, leave everything that Rudy and I said in. <laughs> Including all the <laughs> ahs and out... ums and... No, you can take out the ahs and the ums, but don't take any of our words out. Hey, leave the Oz and ums in, bro. <laughs> yeah, see, Will, you're trying to impose uh, your ideals into the game, the Mom's Basement RPG. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what, man? This conversation isn't safe for me anymore. You, I, I set, I drew my lines very clearly. I have my veil on, and you just, you just walked over that line and ripped the veil off my face and tongue kissed me on the mouth. So you know what? <laughs> fuck you, brah. I'm unplugging my microphone. <laughs> recording? Yeah, yeah I know. recording. So, hey, this is what happened. So we had the conversation that you just heard, and as you probably guessed, it kind of sucked. I mean, it didn't suck too much. <laughs> I stand by what I said, except the parts that were racist and terrible, which I totally apologize for. I don't know which parts were which and won't know until I listen to it. But we had another conversation after that. And as Alex rightly pointed out, it was almost a more interesting conversation. And we got to talk about the cultural appropriation thing, which we didn't really talk about before. We skirted around the issue. And since this is a big topic that we really needed to talk our way into, um, we included that conversation now as bonus material. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Boner material. So enjoy. Or, or don't. 
Man, that podcast is going to be... It's going to suck so hard. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be inflammatory. Choice. I think and some people are going to get pissed. I think we might finally get on Chris Chen's blog. I think it's possible. I don't know what to even call that. That was really all over the place. Yeah, that, that, that would actually be a pretty... We, we should subtitle it Cultural Appropriation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm saying it probably would have actually held, considering this is actually a, the, 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 the talk that was had previously was a more theoretical discussion that probably needed some direction versus what happened. Right. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I think that basically there's no way to talk about that topic. Dude, there's plenty of ways yeah, to talk there... about that topic. Well, or there's too many ways to talk about that topic. But it's yeah. very hard to talk about that topic in a focused way. I mean, we could go again and we could record another topic and we'd still have another podcast and we'd still have barely scraped the surface. I mean, we didn't even deal with the question of appropriation and I wanted to say something about that. Well, but, yeah, that, well, <laughs> that's why I was saying stick on one fucking topic and then talk about that. Don't just explode on all the other different topics at once and barely touch anything. Just focus on the one uh, thing. And then I don't think that's it. There was any way to. I mean, I think we said what we said in about as much depth as we could say it. Dude, I can talk about yeah. way more depth about that kind of stuff. But the thing is, it, it was going on, and there were so many things up in the air that it was kind of. I really yeah, didn't think it was. It should have. Anything should be said after that. Nothing gets resolved, but nothing can get resolved. Well, no. But I'm saying though is the actual discussion of it, mm-hmm. not not. Because there was at least three different subjects being just try- you, you guys were trying yeah. to discuss when I was looking just for the one that we were trying to talk about. Yeah, well, and that's what shut me down. Yeah, the thing is, well, I think at the heart of that podcast is one good discussion about what that kind of talk does to the community and what it does to other designers. Right. And I think that's the heart of the discussion. Okay, if if that's if that's what you were looking for, then that was had. But that for me, fair. for me, I wanted an actual answer about the subject, not the the controversy or the things that happened around the subject. Well, I don't think there is an answer about the subject. Oh, there totally is an answer. About and the... I'll impose my thoughts on you, and then maybe you can okay. uh, reflect upon that. Okay. Because this is always the Mom's Basement RPG. It's a game with a message. Yeah. <laughs> the things I hate. <laughs> um, basically, um, like I, I said before we uh, officially recorded, all it is is two cultures imposing themselves on each other and the winner decides um, what is to be kept. And it doesn't have to be a battle of like you know physical violence. It's does your idea appeal to the other group? And if it does, they'll accept it and they'll take it. It's that simple. It you know there are there are certain time periods in the world where um, a culture was imposed upon, but in general that's the way it really happens. It's not it's not always by force. It's usually by this idea is actually better than what we've been doing. Therefore, we're going to do it. Right. Well, I mean, what usually happens though is that two parties get together and maybe force is used maybe not 
But at the end of the day, both parties have a little bit of the other thing in them. Exactly. You know, people, the British come and they um, colonize, you know, India, and they say, you know, and they bring British ideas to India, and they and they brutalize the population and force them to work according to British standards and so on and so forth, and put them on plantations and etc. And as a result, the Indians pick up a lot about the British way of life, but the British also pick up a lot about Indian culture also, and, and, and crops and traditions, and, and people adopt things. And in the end, you know, in the end, I think the question of what was, what was, physically appropriated and what was intellectually appropriated are two very different questions. And I think that morally they're very different things. I think that that the act of physical appropriation, the act of basically going in there and pillaging and stealing and enslaving is generally a pretty bad thing. But I'm not sure that intellectual theft, if you want to call it that, that taking other people's ideas, regardless of what's going on in the larger socio-political situation, is ever a bad thing. Which is why I have no problem with piracy, and which is why I have no problem with satire or parody or, or, with, or, or with really making a game that steals from another culture. I don't have a problem with that because I think that it's fundamentally that theft of ideas is fundamentally different than any other kind of theft. And that it isn't theft. It's also a natural thievery that everyone right. does in order right. to improve themselves. Right. I think that it's something very different than theft. I think that it's always in exchange. And I think that the problem... The problem isn't what you take. The problem is what you force on someone else. That saying taking someone and saying, no, you think like this now, whether you're doing that as an advocate of, of identity politics, or if you're doing that as a servant of the British crown, you know, I think that is always wrong. But saying, oh, that's inter an interesting idea. I'm going to take that. I don't think that's ever wrong. Yeah. Hmm. Well, no, that actually is um, that, that is an interesting statement because um, a lot of the times when things are said like that, mm -hmm. as soon as another thing is brought up that is similar in nature, it is usually go like, oh, well, of course I didn't mean that. Like, um, for example, when you said those things, that happens a lot with child rearing, with yeah. you know, education of children. A lot of it's times that. it's forced upon them, and yeah. people don't think that's a bad thing. I... I do think that's a bad thing if it's happening. Well, no, I think that's a bad thing. I think that's a bad thing, period. And I think that happens a lot in the education system. I think it happens more in public education than it does within, within households with parents. People talk a lot about, oh, you know, kids have to be exposed to public education so that they can broaden the range of available, you, you know, they can broaden their perspective. You know, they won't have the fixed 
tight perspective that their parents forced on them. But I think what usually happens is that your fucking elementary school, middle school, going to public school does not do that for you. It didn't do it for me. It doesn't. It, that, because because of the way that the classroom is structured and because of the way teaching is handled, it, it's often an act of indoctrination and a very coarse, brutal act of indoctrination, I think. Now, what I was going to say is, well, you know, there might be some exception for parents, you know, maybe maybe they get to do a little bit of, of imposing ideas on their kids, but I don't think so. I don't think they need to. Uh, I, I think there's something... I mean, I think parents should do it in as far as it keeps their kids safe. But once again, that's something different than forcing, like, ideas and concepts on someone. Saying, no, you can't go outside is very different than saying, you need to believe that the world is full of pedophiles who will rape you. <laughs> You know, no, you can't go outside. And the kid says, why? And you say, well, because it's dangerous for a lot of reasons that you'll come to understand, and here are some of them. I don't think that's indoctrination. I think that's answering a question. Mm -hmm. You know, and if the kid says, well, you know, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's dangerous outside because this, then you don't say, shut up, kid, you're dumb, on the parent. You say, well, you know. That might be what you think, but also, you know, there are these threats and, you know, there, there are these dangers and, you know, if a truck was coming, you're much too small for them to see you, <laughs> you know, until they're right on top of you or whatever. And that doesn't mean that even if the kid keeps arguing with you, you let them outside. You just let them keep arguing with you. You don't say shut up. You know, you don't say, I am speaking the absolute truth to you. You just let them keep arguing if they want to argue. But you still don't let them hurt themselves. Well, the, the whole point, though, is you, you you let them have that discussion. You don't deny what they say is, you know, is right. is the bottom line. You just go, like, I'm in charge of you, of making sure everything is okay with you. Therefore, right. even if you have even if you want to do the other thing, I want to make sure you're safe. So Right. I need to make this decision. I need to make the decision for you. And even though it sucks, that's right. the way it has to be for right now. But that doesn't mean that you need to think what I'm thinking. Exactly. It doesn't mean you need to do this because I'm the one who's going to be facing child negligence charges, you know, after they fish your body out of the bottom of that lake. <laughs> yes, because it's a physical harm, not a mental harm. It's not. It's it's right. not different. I mean, it's not the same as saying you can't go uh, uh, to the pool with that black fellow because I believe that they're bad. That's completely right. different in terms of opinions. It's right. it's it, only if it's like a, an an actual physical danger. Do you right. just say you know fuck whatever your opinion is? You're gonna have to stay here for a little bit. I right. mean, you can argue with me, but no, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> That I can pretty much agree with. Oh, jeez. I would just tell my kid to shut the fuck up on the parent. <laughs> and I'd beat them senseless and put them in the closet. Uh, I'd be such a tyrant of a parent. It'd be awesome. 
and basically make my kids think that I was like a god or something. All you gotta do now is just trick some lady, and uh, it'll be it'll all be yep. in the ready. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you don't even have to trick her. Just find some lady who's looking for something exotic. Yeah, I can see that some dark meat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, basically, what I what I what I was getting at for that, just on the culture appropriation alone, is that the idea because like um because I, I was reading up on it when you guys wanted to talk about it because I I not I, I don't listen to a lot of what the indie people have to say just because right. a lot of it is just pure nonsense. Right. Um, in terms of um, going overboard on the analyzing, and. Right when I was reading up on the Wikipedia there, cause I was like, you know, they, they might have something that isn't as severe as lopsided as the discussion that they're having. And mm. basically the example of a uh, cultural appropriation they use is a man learning, um, uh, Muay Thai, a, a white man from like, you know, from the U S learning Muay Thai and, or, or some sort of martial art, a Japanese martial art. Right. And just that alone, uh, if if that kind of stuff is considered a bad thing, then it's like, wow, you you truly have a whole bunch of problems with you, the person, versus the actual concept of it. Because that's just like the idea that that's a problem is stupid. I mean, yeah, I... go ahead. No, no, you you, you keep going. Like, I mean, I understand, like, the second example they use of it kind of being a bad thing is, like, um, like for China, the, the style of wedding is more uh, westernized American versus the way they used to do it before. And, like, I can see how that could be kind of a bad thing because you are truly destroying their culture in the process. But right. that's based on their personal preference. There are still quite a people who have, uh, you know, original styles of weddings where they have, you know, the, the style, the special style of kimono or something like that. They have, you know, or, or like, you know, the African tribes, all that happens all the time. Like when people get like uh, super uppity about, uh, you know, going back to their roots in quotes where they have you know, oh. the daishiki and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and they, and they, and oh, the, yeah. yeah, like that, that's fine. You know, it's just the, the, the whole point is like at this point in time, a lot of the forcing of ideals that we've had, uh, like, you know, as the, the evil white man has, like in terms of European and American cultures, a lot of that has gone the wayside now. And it's not as bad as it used to be. Yeah, and I, well, I think there is some refusal to acknowledge the fact that there has been significant changes. And I'm not saying things are fixed and they're good now and let's go home, give ourselves a pat on the back. But over the course of the last 40 years, there have been significant changes in the way that people, people of color, that women, that um, members of the GLBT community, in the way that they're represented. And I think that a lot of people want to talk about this as if those changes were trivial well, first of all, there are some people who want to talk about it as if those changes haven't occurred. Yeah. But a lot of people want to use the same theoretical, academic ideas, the same framework that they were using to talk about appropriation in the 70s and early 80s today. And I don't think 
and representation, and I, I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think that's right. I think you need to say great strides have been made, and I don't think you need you should say that as a one sentence prologue to all. But here are all of the things that are still bad. When yeah. many of those things are so trivial compared to what has been accomplished, I do think that you can continue to say we need to work on this. We need to work on this in a lot of ways. But you need to say it in a way that is going to make people want to work on it, as opposed to make people say, wow, you're talking like nothing has changed. You're talking like it's still the 70s. And I can turn on the TV and know that's not true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, and, I, and I can have a pair of bunny ears and turn on the TV and know that's not true. But, you know, on the cultural appropriation thing, and this is something that I wanted to say in the podcast. <sighs> Are you recording this, by the way? Can this be chopped and maybe turned into, like, a 20-minute, like, epilogue Shut that is included as a different audio file? Okay. But this is what I wanted to say. This is what I wanted to say, which is that when we're talking about gaming, we have to think about the fact that... Our hobby is based on a foundation of lazy appropriation. So, <laughs> this is what happened, right? So, there was this uninhabited island that we call England right now. And some, you know, and eventually an indigenous population, after, um, you know, brutalizing and assimilating the uh, Neanderthal population in Northern Europe <laughs> and, and taking with them their part Neanderthal babies. Eventually, you've got an indigenous population in England, right? Yes. And then the Romans show up, and the Romans force a little of their culture on that indigenous population and leave some Romans behind, and they fuck the indigenous population. Now you have babies that are part Roman, part Neanderthal, part indigenous population. And the Anglo-Saxons show up from France after the Romans leave, and the Anglo-Saxons take over the whole island, appropriate their culture, throw their own culture on top of it, and then you have indigenous population Neanderthal, Anglo-Saxon, Roman babies running around, and then... The Normans show up in their boats, and they take, they, they kill a bunch of Anglo-Saxons and Romans and everyone, and then they force their cult, they steal some of the culture that was already there and force their culture on it, and this goes on and on for years, and then something develops. It's a homogenous, well, not even homogenous, hundreds of different regional accents, but something that's a somewhat homogenous English culture. And then a few hundred years pass. A guy gets shell-shocked during World War One, comes home, and says, Man, I miss the good old days. <laughs> and the good old days being all that shit I just talked about, right? And so he steals some of the, of the you know, of the Norman culture, some of the Anglo-Saxon stuff, mixes in some of the Roman stuff, the, the, Druid, Dru the Druidic stuff, stuff from all of that, and he makes something... And he builds his own mythology that is nothing but cultural appropriation. And he calls that the Lord of the Rings. You know, and it's Tolkien. <laughs> and everything he does. And then a guy gets tired. A guy 
sitting around playing war games, gets tired of being the only one who's talking to himself with his miniatures. And so what does he do? He, first of all, he rips off a whole bunch of wargaming rules. He appropriates them. And then he lazily rips off Tolkien and appropriates his work. And he also appropriates, you know, a whole bunch of other um, classical mythology stuff. Mixes it all together. You've got Dungeons and Dragons. And then what do we do? Our hobby lazily appropriates Dungeons and Dragons over and over and over again with a bunch of clones. Even Apocalypse World, which is beloved, is really only a couple of steps away from Dungeons and Dragons. And now, and then we sit back and we say, boy, this, this appropriation thing, this cultural appropriation thing is maybe a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. But yes, that's exactly what I wanted to hear when we actually talked about cultural appropriation. Okay. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck about the design because anyone's going to do whatever the fuck they want with design. Um, those are just thoughts written down, blah, blah, blah. That does that. Somebody else's thoughts on the matter is never going to change that person writing it. Now, mm. if they are on the fence about things, if they are uh, unsure of what they feel about this, like, do I really want to continue making this game based on these ideas that I have about blah, blah, blah? Let me go post this up online and see how people feel. And if their willpower is so low, if they're so noncommittal about this, they might change making that game. That, right. that, that much is true, I understand. But the point is, if you really wanted to make it, you're going to fucking make it. And none of that stuff is ever going to matter. It's only going to ha matter to the people who never really wanted to make it to begin with. Right. And not only are you going to make it, but your players are going to figure out how offensive they want it to be mm -hmm. and how much they want to steal right. and how much respect they want to give the subject matter. Yeah, because like, uh, when, we uh, when we're going to be... Uh, like Some of the games that we played for playtesting there, like I pretty much... Like, I didn't just openly mock it. I openly mocked it in the middle of the game and called it good. Like, when we did the heist game, like, right. I did not give two shits about stealing stuff, about the concept right. of the heist itself. And so every time we, we were in the middle of role-playing, I would try and, like, just just make fun of you guys in the process. Right. Make fun of the characters. Like, remember when we had that whole discussion? Like, we did it for laughs, but we said, like, oh, you know, you want to get, you want to take the Wii U? Like, I'm just, I'm still waiting for PS4 to come out or the <laughs> 720. Right. I was saying that to make fun of the character about the whole right. situation of stealing something like that. Right. It, it had nothing to do, like, it, I understand. It, it was just an example of, I didn't care about the subject matter, but, you know, I'll have fun with it. Right. So, Colgraph is still recording, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why I said it's shut so the fuck up and continue okay. your thought. Because right. for some reason, I don't understand why, but for some reason you guys do a much better job having an actual engaging conversation when you are not, in quotes, on the fucking air. <laughs> Isn't that the thing? I don't know, it's difficult. I think something like this, so you need to talk your way into it. Okay, you, you guys were warming up. That was the thing. Right, that was part of it. <laughs> Although I think I do think there's some good stuff in there. There yeah, might yeah, have been there some is. rambling. I think there's some good there stuff is. in 